We are live. It is episode 36 of the All Out Blitz podcast. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about. It was the first full week of college football this past weekend, Labor Day weekend. We also got some NFL starting this week. Uh, it's a very exciting Thursday night matchup uh, between the Bills and Rams. We'll talk about that. We'll also take a peek at week two on the college slate, Bama, Texas, one of the key games there. We'll also give our picks, and we will reveal the standings from last week and the season overall. So uh, I'm joined by Tom today. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Excited for uh, – had a uh, great week of college football. Excited for NFL to get started tomorrow. So let's do it. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> I don't think there's anywhere to start but with college football in week one. So, Ohio State Notre Dame is the key game on, or the biggest game on the slate. Two top five teams according to the AP poll, and I mean, you look at the score, twenty-one ten. Everyone's expecting Ohio State to blow Notre Dame out, right? With the, I mean, CJ Stroud, Jackson Smith, and Jig with the offense. I'm not worried about the offense, despite the twenty-one points. The offense will come along. I'm not worried about that if I'm an Ohio State fan, because normally at this time the defenses are usually ahead of the offenses. But what made me happy for if I was an Ohio State fan, I was impressed with that defense because last year they wouldn't have been able to hold Notre Dame to ten points. They weren't as physical as they as last year as they showed against Notre Dame. So to me, I was impressed with Ohio State. Yeah, the offense wasn't great. They'll come along, but the, I thought the defense and the run game were impressive, and they make me even more confident in my pick that Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten. I know it's not a hot take, but I'm still on the Ohio State bandwagon for the season. I still think they're going to make the natty. Tom, what do you think? Um, Yeah. Okay, so I, if I were an Ohio State fan, which I'm not, but I wouldn't be worried about the offense at all. It's Ohio State. You know the offense is going to come along. There's way too many weapons on the offense to not put be putting up at least 30 points a game. And what is the injury situation on Jackson Smith and the Jigba? Uh, he's out for the game. He, he was out for the game for uh, Notre Dame. I think he had a couple catches. Not much though. I'm not sure what the injury update is from here on out though. So okay, that, that's obviously a big loss, but they have such a deep receiving room. Right. So it's good opportunities for other guys. However, he's probably the best player on their team, him or Stroud. And you just you don't want to lose a guy that good. That would be my main concern. I'd be happy with the defense. I'd be. Not we're too worried about the offense, but uh, losing the Jigba that that stings, man. Bolitnikov, uh, candidate, you know. Yeah, so hopefully he's good. He's uh healthy enough for them. So, and to me, I thought Notre Dame played well. I mean, I thought they were overrated at five. I think I had them in the in the teens in my rankings. But I thought they played well, and I think they deserve a top ten ranking in my opinion for Notre Dame. So. That's what I thought. I kind of took away, I guess, something different than probably the majority of people. And the majority of people probably said Ohio State is struggling on offense and they need to fix that. And they're not a top team until they do that, which, I mean, in some sense is right. But I still think they're an elite team. All right. I think the next game to get into Florida, Utah. This was probably one of the best games on the slate. I mean, could have gone either way. I mean, Cam Rising led Utah on a almost game-winning drive, but a long drive down the field, went to go win it, uh, throw a pick in the end zone. Hard-fought game. I give Utah a ton of credit going into the swamp, playing Utah in week one. You don't see that a lot of times now. You see teams, oh, let's play at a neutral site. 
instead of actually going into an opponent's house and playing them. So Utah deserves, deserves a shout out despite the loss. I don't think anything less of them for losing that game because it was such a tight game. Could have gone either way. So yeah, well, I agree with this comment, Vandy Chris. If that Florida game was played in Salt Lake City, Utah wins yeah, that game. I was about to say that as well. Also, I want to address the comment above that. I was about to get to that, but you want to address it first? I got to say, I kind of agree from a passing standpoint that it's a little limited. You know what I mean? Like he's okay. extremely athletic, can do a lot of amazing things. I think the passing ability is a little limited, though. Yeah, the comment says here from Vanny Chris, Ayers very limited. He threw zero passes to his left, and that was by design. But also, I mean, he's a right-handed quarterback. Why would you want to throw passes going against your body when you can have the ability to go to roll out to your right and throw it to your right when you have to? I mean, it's not like the receivers weren't open to the right. He was having success, success going to the right, so why not stick with it? It'll be interesting to see uh, throughout the season how he really is passing. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's uh, I mean, there's been fantastic college quarterbacks who like Johnny Manziel comes to mind that can run all over and somehow make a play. And, you know, he won the Heisman. I'm not saying Anthony Richards is going to win the Heisman, but it like running around and doing crazy crap that works in college. It won't work in the NFL to a degree. I mean, it works for some guys, but. I I see where Vandy Chris is coming from about the limited passing, and I guess I kind of agree on that. But I don't know if it'll necessarily hurt Florida. I think that it's yeah. just kind of something they have to work around. Yeah, for sure. Obviously, I mean, it's super exciting to watch. I mean, if you watch that Florida-Utah game, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, the dude's a, he's super athletic. He can ball. So I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the year. I got to say – I was down on Florida this season. I am no longer down on them after that game. Going into the year, everyone said they have depth issues, so that could still pop up down the road. So I wouldn't go too overboard with this win yet. It's still a long season, 12 games. Right. Just one game that they still got a tough SEC schedule, yeah. and you can lose to anyone on that schedule. So, yeah, good win for Florida. A great start to Billy Napier's tenure there. Oh, I, I want to address this comment. That was a PI in the end zone to end the game. I assume you're talking about that play. To me, that would have been kind of a soft call. It looked like the receiver slipped to me. So, yeah, to it's me, tough to end the game. Off. It is you know tough I mean? to end the game on a PI or an interception in the end zone. Yeah, it was to me, it would have been an iffy call. So, I don't mind the no call at all there. Uh, another game. On the uh, on the slate, I thought Arkansas looked solid against Cincinnati. To me, Cincinnati played decently for losing a ton of NFL draft picks. And I said, yeah, you don't know a lot of guys on the team, but they're good because Luke Fickle is a head coach. And Luke Fickle is elite at developing his players. So you don't know the guys yet, but I thought they played well. They're going to, I think, have a good shot at winning the conference. Again, the AAC for Cincy. Also, I still remain uh, very high in Arkansas this year, so... Good one for Arkansas. Yeah, let's give Mike Wright some love. The Vandy quarterback, he had he has 10 touchdowns in two games, including a school record six in one game. So shout out to Mike Wright. Hey, Nebraska is uh for a little bit there, they were the best team in college football. You mean Vandy? Or, sorry, Vandy. And Nebraska was never the best. Yeah, team I don't know, I don't know where you're Nebraska. talking about. They're both teams that played in week zero. I meant Vandy. I meant Vandy. Yeah. 
so I mean, yeah, Vandy, they're two and zero. One of only a couple teams that are two and zero, I think. So shout out the Commodores. They're on Nashville's pace to go team. undefeated. They are on pace to go undefeated. So they got a big game against Wake Week Two. Sam Hartman's coming back. I mean, he's, he can sling the ball all around the place. So out of the line, I think it was at like six. I know Vandy Chris probably knows this better than me. The line was at six or seven, if I'm not mistaken, in favor of Wake Forest. Once Sam Hartman announced that he's coming back today, that line jumped all the way up to, I think, 13. So that's the influence that Sam Hartman has on this game. That's a, That was like a seven-point swing. So that's a game I'm watching out for. That's week two, though. So any other final comments from you, Tom, week one? Uh, i got to say the energy's back. Uh, at least in, at the MSU game, it was a great environment. So let's bring the energy again. Also, I want to talk about Clemson quarterback for a sec. I thought that overall quarterback play was improved. I tweeted this out. If Dabo's too stubborn to go with Cade and goes with DJ for the rest of the year, obviously you don't need to make that decision yet. But if DJ plays for the rest of the year, they're still going to get improved quarterback play. And that's what matters this year. I think I still think Cade Klubnik's a better quarterback. I think he should play. And I think it'll be evident that he should play in these next two games. They play two cupcakes next. But overall, Clemson's have has better quarterback play. That was my major takeaway from that Georgia Tech game. I know they got off to a little bit slow start, but overall quarterback play improvement for Clemson. So we'll get into the LSU game, but first let's get into good grief. New segment. New segment alert. I'm excited for this one. Uh, we did this once already, but I don't. Think I don't. We were there. I was not there for that. But one. you, I'll let you start. You go. What made you say good grief this weekend? Good grief. What made me say good grief this weekend? All right. Hopefully, who's ever watching this was tuned into the Appalachian State North Carolina game. But man, that onside kick was a good grief moment because the entire uh, Appalachian State uh, kicking team, I guess, got absolutely blown up everyone got clobbered and then the north carolina guy that recovered it was dumb enough to run it in the end zone and give appalachian state a chance to go down the field and win and they were one play away from tying the game and sending it to overtime that the whole last two minutes of that game was just good grief that was just a mess it was such a a mess mess. and i think that that onside kick play just encapsulated the whole thing yeah because it was the onside kick uh i mean App State kicking or kicking to got laid out, like you said. North Carolina guy returns it for the touchdown. I mean, just go down, you win the football game right there. And then, and then Chase Bryce and the App State offense drives all the way down yeah. the field, and then they miss a two point conversion. Yeah, with an overthrow there. Yeah, and he was open. He was so open, was wide open. Yeah, it, that just that whole like Actually, five minutes was a good grief. I think I got that backwards. The two point conversion was. Before the onside kick, whatever I'm, there whatever, was two plays reason. on that end of the field that should have been made and they weren't. Yeah, so I mean, that game was crazy. So anyway, my good grief, I think it's special teams. I got two teams that I'm pointing out here. Number one, Georgia Tech, block the inside guy on a punt, please. Like, okay, so there's a player on uh, not the first, not at the line of scrimmage, but this is on the punt. But the second level blocking there, there was two, two or three Clemson guys coming right at him, and he didn't block the inside guy. And guess what? Clemson blocked the punt. What a concept! Same thing happened in the LSU Florida State game on the game tying extra point attempt. They got the offensive lineman or the 
the blocking guy for LSU, didn't block the inside guy. Florida State tipped it, extra point missed. L or LCU loses, Florida State wins. So, yeah, that was that my good griefs for the week. Special teams, LSU, Georgia Tech, lesson learned. Block the inside guy. I know it's week one, but this is basic stuff, basic fundamentals. Block the inside guy. Hopefully they're listening to this. So, anyway. Do you think Georgia Tech's head coach is listening? I think Jeff Collins is listening <laughs> to this right now. I want to go back LSU, Florida State, because that game was also a good grief for LSU. Now, LSU fans, fans, I get all worried. Oh, Brian, is he the guy? Is Brian Kelly in over his head? Is he stressed out? Does he want to go back to South Bend? Give him some time. Your program last year, complete mess. It was a disaster under Coach O in those last two seasons. Cultural issues, obviously, players weren't performing to their maximum potential. That doesn't just click overnight with a new coach. It's going to take some time for LSU to get back to LSU football. It will. And Brian Kelly, I still think, is the guy to do it. hes I mean, he's a winner. And what you saw out of Cation Booty, obviously he was pouting on the sideline. Bad look. Yeah, that is a bad, bad look, for, especially for a guy who's going to be one of the top NFL draft picks as a wide receiver. Yeah, you you, you got to be a team leader. You can't be pouting on the sideline. Not getting the ball. Way, way, way. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, bad leadership. Yeah. Is just not a team player at all. Bad attitude. But you got to think, Brian Kelly. At least in a year or two, those guys will be weeded out of the system. They'll be gone. You got to think that the attitude, the culture will be sh- will be fixed by then. So Brian Kelly, it's going to take some time for him at LSU. LSU fans, don't worry. You know, I mean, seven and five is still a decent year for LSU in year one. Like, 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 let's be honest. Let's look at big picture. Yeah, they were favored against Florida State by two and a half, three. They didn't win. So what? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's a close game. Could have gone either way. And no, Jaden Daniels was not at fault. It was, I think, the offensive line had some issues. So Jane Daniels is not at fault to me in this. Despite I think they should go with Nussmeyer over Daniels, but that's besides the point. LSU, you guys will be fine. Just get through this year. There'll be some kinks. You also win some games. Don't worry. You'll win some games. You'll have your highs. You'll have your lows. But in year, years to come, things will be more consistent. The culture will be fixed. Don't worry. All right. Two things. First one, the end of the game was ridiculous. I literally, once LSU got the ball, I said they're going to drive the field, score a touchdown, and miss the extra point because I'd seen way too many missed extra points this weekend. And then it happened. <laughs> ECU. Yeah, I, I lost my mind when uh, when that actually happened. And then we, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Mike Norvell, the decision to pitch the ball yeah. on the goal line for Florida State, I mean – they hand the ball off, that's the game. Even if they don't get in the end right. zone, right? There's that's a lot of jumping and screaming when that happened, and we are not LSU or Florida State fans, but, man, were we into that game. Yeah, so the week one, deliver like DoorDash, I'm telling you. College football doesn't disappoint. Right. But hell of a week one. Uh, one more thing I want to mention thing. about LSU, this yeah. comment about uh, the most recent comment. Yeah, that RPO stuff that Brian Kelly relies on will never work in the SEC West. Agreed. I think he has to kind of adapt a little, and it's probably going to take a year or two. 
But you can't – Notre Dame crap is not going to work in the SEC West. He's got to adapt. He's got to change. He can't stick to his old ways or he'll be 7-5 and five every year at best. He's got to adapt a little bit. But also, if he can recruit at a high level, which he is right now, in the future, he can do that Notre Dame, what he did at Notre Dame, and be successful because he'll have better players, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll be able to do it to that degree. I don't think he can be. Uh, Yeah, obviously tougher schedule, 100% tougher schedule. So, Uh, All right, let's get into our college football rankings. You want to? Share your top five first. All right, my top five. Um, the only reason I have Georgia over Bama is because they played a tougher opponent and absolutely clobbered them. Bama, yeah, they may be the better team going into the season, but Georgia at least has done something this year that really mattered. They came out and absolutely clobbered Oregon. It was never a game. Stetson Bennett looked insane. He was completing every pass, making crazy plays that you – no one would have ever thought Stetson Bennett could do things like that. Not to take away from Bama, still a great football team, dominant win, all that stuff. Ohio State, I got them at three. Actually, these bot- uh, three, four, and five, I don't know if it's that they necessarily earned this spot, but they kind of all got it by default. You know what I mean? Yeah, just based on preseason expectations. Right. I, didn't, and I didn't love Clemson, so I dropped them out. Pushed in Oklahoma and Michigan. Um, Ohio State, I have at three. I thought their defense looked great against Notre Dame. Um, the offense, you know Ohio State's offense is going to figure it out, right? Michigan, dominant win against Colorado State. As much as I hate to say it, I didn't know who else to put it for, so I slid them in there. Oklahoma, put them in at five. The only thing is, Michigan and Oklahoma, still a ton to prove. Like, they, they didn't earn four and five at all. They're kind of just there by default. Yeah. Uh, I have no major gripes with your rankings at all. I can definitely see Georgia over Alabama because Georgia played a tough They've opponent. They've earned it so far. So far, yeah. Vanny Chris says Georgia's left. No doubt that they are the best team in college football until someone beats them. I mean, that's totally fair. The only comment I will say is we can't rank teams based on what they did in 2021. So right. just because someone won the natty doesn't mean they should be number one because in that case, then – Four playoff teams should be one through four. But as of right now, in 2022, Georgia has the has beaten the has the best dominant win over a good team. I'll put good team oh, in so, quotes yeah, yeah. because who Oregon looked terrible, but I mean, who knows how they they'll be against the rest of the Pac-12? Agreed. So yeah, I got Bama at one. I mean, I don't want anyone to overlook Utah State. They won the Mountain West last year. They brought back a lot of their offensive talent, so that's still a, a good team. Obviously, it's not. They're not as good as Oregon or 49-3 win over Oregon's better than a 55-0 win over Utah State. But I still got Bama one. I still think they'd beat Georgia and head to head on a neutral site field. I got Georgia two, not far behind at all. That's the same two I had preseason. Uh I have Ohio State at three, like you said. We're not worried about their offense. The defense I thought was impressive. The the addition of Jim Knowles really showed, I thought, in the game against Notre Dame. Michigan, I have at four. I mean, I think the offense will be even better with J.J. at quarterback. Defense is obviously good. I mean, you never really have to worry about Michigan's defense. Uh, I, th- I, I still have Clemson at five. I had him at four, moved him down to five. It was shaky a bit in the first half. Georgia Tech hung around a bit. But they pulled away in the second half. They showed what they were capable of. The defense is obviously really good. 
quarterback situations improving at Clemson, especially if they go with Kate Klubnick. So that's my top five. I mean, the only major difference is you have Oklahoma at five. I have Clemson at five. I mean, I have Oklahoma, I think, at seven or eight. So, Again, yeah. Three or I guess especially four and five haven't earned crap yet. Exactly. They don't like yeah. no one deserves that spot yet. So it's slid them in there based on preseason rankings. But I think the only team that's really seriously earned their spot is Georgia. Yeah. Joe Hunter says Georgia looked like they didn't miss a beat from last year. They were dominant in every phase of that game. Like I said, preseason. Just like I said about Cincinnati a few mo- few minutes ago. You don't know the those guys' names yet on that defense. But they're good. They're really good. You, I, I trust Kirby Smart. Better than last year. Their offense was, yeah, incredible. Yeah. I mean, Stetson Bennett, He's it's gotten to a point where it's not like, oh. He, he's I mean, just he's, a caretaker. Nah, he was yeah. an asset. He was an asset against it, Oregon. It's not, it's not anymore. It's, oh, he's good for what he does. You yeah. Know? No, he was. He's a good quarterback. Yeah. He's a really good quarterback. He showed that. I mean, he's incredibly efficient. I think mean, he, he was Walter Camp National Player of the Week on offense. Jacoby yeah. Winman, uh, four sacks for uh, Michigan State, won that award Missouri. for defense. So, yeah, Georgia didn't miss a beat at all. I think they were the most impressive team week one. Also, I mean, can we talk about Darnell Washington? Uh, Vanny Chris Holy says, when you got six, seven tight ends leaping, uh, leapfrogging defensive backs like they've been doing it for all their life, you should be feared. Yeah, Darnell Washington is just athletic freak. I mean, he's six, seven. I mean, he can line up in the slot, and he's hurtling guys. Like It's insane. It's like Kyle Pitts, but bigger. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, like, He's, he can be the next Gronk. I mean, the first star now Washington, obviously, but he can be just as good if yeah. it's not better. I mean, the guy, the see it, the I mean, the sky's the limit for him. Uh, Joe Hunter says, I thought Alabama would run away with the Natty this year, but I think Georgia may be better. I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking at watching the two games, I don't disagree. But I it's really a coin toss to me at the moment. Yeah, I mean. You can't make judgments, though, based on week one. You just kind of have to make observations. Like, Georgia's offense was elite the other day. But so is, we assume, is Alabama's. And we assume both defenses are elite. So we'll see down the road. I don't want to make claims like that until we see more football and we see more games that matter. I mean, Alabama have their first test against Texas coming up. So I'm not ready to make that judgment yet but I understand where you're coming from. I wouldn't be surprised if Alabama does to Texas what Georgia just did to Oregon. That wouldn't shock me at all. That wouldn't shock me at all either. Yeah, Malachi Starks, freshman corner for Georgia. Yeah, I think he had a uh, big-time pick and a 50-50 ball from Bo Nix who threw like 20 interceptions. Bo Picks. Bo Picks. Picks. What what a tough bid. You finally leave the SEC and boom, you got to play the defending national champs. You finally don't have to play Georgia every year, but yeah. Oregon just schedules Georgia no matter in in spite. So, hey, yeah. I don't think you'll have to worry about seeing them in the playoff. That's true. You never know. You never know. Anyway, that's our college football top 5. NFL starts this week. Ooh. Tomorrow night, Thursday night. The Bills take on the Rams. I mean, one of the best regular season games, I think. It's probably one of the best matchups this year. Exactly. So, Bills, Rams, two elite offenses, in my opinion, two really good quarterbacks. Two good defenses. Yeah, We're not going to pick this game in the Blitz picks, so feel free to give your thoughts, give a prediction um, as well. I think a lot of – oftentimes teams that win the Super Bowl, week one's a little – so, and you got the Super Bowl favorite this year and the defending Super Bowl champ. It's really a toss-up to me. Uh, 
everyone's saying Stafford's injury is he's all good, like his elbow's fine. But I'm going to say I think this is in Buffalo. Oh, it's in L.A.? So, okay, well, so the crowd will not be a factor then. But uh, Ouch. It's L.A. sports for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the the Bills win. They're they're gonna be hungry from last year. That's like the worst way you could end the season. So I'm gonna say the Bills win. Yeah, I mean Bills fair by two and a half. To me, that they're coming up with a chip on their shoulder. They want to prove something this year. I mean, a good shot at winning the Super Bowl. I mean, Rams won it last year. It's a Super Bowl favorite versus the defending champs. So. Exactly. Like, are they gonna be complacent? I don't know. So I mean. If you were to put a, put a gun to my head right now, I'd say Bills, but I think it's going to be an incredibly close game. Over-unders at 52. I think this game, this game t- in terms of total points, could get into the 60s. So I like it. I'd like the over here, in my opinion. 52 seems a little low because, I mean, Josh Allen's going to be slinging it. Obviously, Matt Stafford, you mentioned him. A lot of good receivers on both these teams. So, yeah, Bills-Rams Thursday night. I'll take the Bills. You got the Bills as well. Some other games, Steelers, Bengals, Mitch Trubisky is starting for the Steelers. I think Kenny Pickett should be the guy, but whatever. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Pickett's starting by like week six. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Pickett's – a lot of people call him a bust uh, in terms of like when we talk the NFL draft, but I, I still think he's going to be – How are you going to call him a bust? One, how are you going to call him a bust already? Well, that was back when we were doing yeah. the NFL draft. And obviously. two, like the Steelers know like – Mitch Trubisky is not going to be your quarterback in five years, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, so Bengals through by six and a half. That's pretty big for an NFL game there. Uh, they're at home. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is an intriguing storyline. He's uh, playing his former team, the Browns at home. Panthers through by one and a half there. What are your thoughts? We're not going to predict that game, but what do you think about that? Uh. I think this is a chance for Baker to prove how good he really is. He's had a good season. He's led a team in the playoffs before. He brought the Browns out of hell. Um, I think he can do it. He's not the most fundamentally sound quarterback, but the dude is capable of winning football games. So Yeah. Uh, Randy Chris says Stafford is injured at this point. Not sure what the injury is, but heard that on the radio tonight. So. Yeah, according to fantasy football, he's fine, but uh, I'm sure he's not 100%. Stafford's almost never been 100% in his career. So, I mean, the dude knows how to play in, play injured for sure. But Yeah, I mean, Stafford's tougher than $2 skate, steak. We all know that. Yeah. So, uh, he, he can play through pain. I mean, he did that all throughout his career with the Lions. So, I want you to address this comment. Uh, right. Titans will lose to the Giants, Vandy Chris says. Losing Harold Landry is going to hurt them defensively towards ACL last week. Uh, Ola Odini cannot play pass coverage like Landry does. Hopefully I pronounced his name right. Yeah, I think uh, the Titans are going to have to scheme up the, some things on defense to make up for Landry. He led the team in sacks last year, arguably the best player on the defense. However, it's still a good D-line. You got Danico Autry, who is looking like he's going to play. I know his health was a question mark throughout uh, the – his health was a question mark throughout training camp. But it's looking like he could play. Jeff Simmons, obviously, is one of the best uh, interior D linemen in the league. Big fan of him. And then I think uh, Rashad Weaver, this is a huge opportunity for him. Huge opportunity for, for Weaver to make an impact. Um, and obviously, the Titans secondary, you got Christian Fulton, and you got, you got Fulton, Hooker, and uh, Kevin Byard. 
it's still a strong defense. I know Harold Landry led the team in sacks. It's a huge hit. I'm not going to argue that. But I don't think it makes a defense weak. Obviously, it's not going to be as good without the, your sack leader. I still think it's a solid defense. I'm going to say the Titans win. And I think Derrick Henry has a solid game as well. The uh, Giants are missing Thibodeau and their other edge rusher, whose name is escaping me right now. But I, I think the Titans come out with the win, and I think the defense will still look solid. Titans for by five and a half there at home. So uh, pretty decently favored in terms of I would Vegas love to odds. see Tannehill have a great game too. Silence the doubters. Yeah, it'd be great considering he had a bad playoff game yeah. to end the year last year. So big NFC North game, Packers-Vikings, probably the two best teams in that division. That's in Minnesota. Green Bay's favored by one and a half. Do you have a prediction for that? Or just not really? Uh, it's, you say Packers Vikings. Packers, I kind of tuned out for a second. Packers, All right. Um, if the Vikings want a shot to win the NFC North this year, they're gonna have to win games like this. And I know Michael Irvin just predicted Kirk Cousins to be the MVP of the league this year about a few hours ago. So I don't think it's a. To me, it's a toss-up. The Packers' offense, I know he's Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to take a little bit to click. Devontae Adams is gone. You don't have a real receiving threat. His favorite target's probably going to be Robert Tunyon if he's healthy. Uh, I know they still have a strong run game, but I I think this is a toss-up. And if the Vikings come out and win this game, it's probably going to be crucial towards the end of the year because the Vikings are the only other NFC North team that has a legit shot of making the playoffs. So... I almost want to take the Vikings if we were picking this game. I think the yeah. Packers might come out a little <clears throat> flat week one. That's fair. I mean, if we were to put a gun to my head, I'll take the Packers against the spread because the spread's only one and a half. But, that, I mean, that's a key game for NFC North. Right. It's a huge game. So, the games we'll be predicting at the end of the show here, Chiefs, Cardinals, Raiders, Chargers, and uh, Bucks, cowboys which is Sunday night football. So, we'll touch on those the end of the show here so any final comments from you in terms of the week one slate uh it's gonna be it's nfl football so you know there's gonna be good games so i'm yeah. excited all right so it's our little nfl week one preview uh college football week two uh the premier game on the slate i mean there's plenty of other great games as always but alabama texas alabama served by 20 over-unders at 65 and a half this is going to be interesting because it's kind of going to set the parameter for Texas in terms of where they're at in the college football world in the totem pole. So to me, I still think there are ways away from contending with Alabama and with Georgia and with Ohio State. But to me, I'm more excited to watch Texas here than I am Alabama because Quinn Ewers, this is his first real test. He played Louisiana Monroe last week through for 225 yards, two touchdowns. All right, whatever. Now prove it to me against Alabama. Is I mean, he's going to make mistakes. I mean, it's the first time facing an elite defense like Bama, and this might be the toughest defense he might face in his whole college career. But Ewers has weapons. He's got Bijan Robinson. He's got Xavier Worthy. So Texas can put up points. If the upset were to happen, Texas needs, 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 needs to put up at at a minimum 35 points, I think. So if you're picking over-under and you also think Texas is going to hang around with Bama, I'd lean toward the over here. But I think Bama's too much offensive firepower combined with the pass rush. I think Bama's going to run away with this, to be honest. We're going to predict this in a little bit. 
I wouldn't be terribly shocked to see Bama win this game by 30-plus points. That's how big of a gap I think is between Bama and Texas, who are two, two of the biggest blue bloods in the sport. All right, another game on the slate. Tennessee-Pitt, I mean, it's a huge game for both teams. Obviously, Tennessee now in the AP poll. They weren't last week, now ranked 24th. Doesn't really matter that much, though. But coming off a win against Ball State, Pitt, they close battle against West Virginia. They came out with a win there. To me, they weren't super impressive. That game could have gone either way. Bryce Ford, Wheaton wouldn't have caught in that pass. I mean, who knows? West Virginia was driving down the field, and then, but pass went right through his hands. Pitt took it back for a pit, pick six, won that game by seven. Tennessee's fair by six and a half. I know the lines moved in Tennessee's favor. Tennessee offensively is the better team, in my opinion. The key here for Pitt is Keaton Slovis. He had a decent game against West Virginia, threw for 308 yards, but he's a statue in the pocket. He's not super mobile. So if Tennessee can stop the run, Pitt's going to want to run the ball more this year. Pat Narduzzi said that. They didn't have a lot of success at all against West Virginia running the ball. And Tennessee, they probably have a better run defense than West Virginia. So if Tennessee can stop that run, force Slovis to throw the ball, I think they'll be in good shape here. What do you think? Um, To me, uh, Tennessee, this is a game – Prove it. Prove that you can do it against a good team. Prove you can be the dominant offense you were last year against a good team last year. Pitt came out one. It was kind of a whatever game last year. Pitt came out on top with Kenny Pickett. It is a different Pitt team, but they're still good. To me, the key, the most important thing to this game in this game to me is Tennessee needs to prove their offense can be as good as it was against a quality team. Yeah, and obviously Tennessee of. Other chances to prove themselves throughout the year. They're playing the SEC, so have plenty of other tests. But it's important to get off to a good start, especially with because yep, I mean, with those tests, it's a benefit of that. But the downside is you have a tough schedule. So a loss here, and they got an uphill battle the rest of the way. So key game here, Tennessee and for Pitt, despite it being a non-conference game, that's a very important game. Kentucky, Florida is another interesting one. Both ranked. Uh, I mean, Florida. Are they going to come out flat after their big win against Utah? Are they? I mean, or are they going to ride that momentum? I mean, they're favored by six here. The line's been moving a lot in Florida's favor, so they have the momentum. I think Kentucky will they be able to run the ball? That's my main concern. I don't think Chris Rodriguez is playing here. Who's the star running back there for Kentucky? Florida did a decent job at stopping Utah's run game last week, which was huge for them because Utah prides themselves on being able to run the football and dominating the line of scrimmage. I thought Florida won the line of scrimmage for the most part against Utah. And Kentucky is a similar team to Utah. So I like Florida against Kentucky here. So, I mean, we're not, we are going to pick this game later, but this is a pivotal game that, especially in the SEC East, because you got teams like Tennessee, you got teams like obviously you got Georgia, but Tennessee, South Carolina, maybe even Missouri, who can contend for that second spot in the SEC East. So this is a huge game in that division. So uh, going back to the comments here, Jaron says, "Man, I hope Texas pulls the upset. I'm here for the arrogant Texas fans." Swear word on Bama fans. So don't want to say that on air. But- I say it on air. I mean, don't get us demonetized like we make any money. Yeah, like we make we make so much money doing this. But yeah, so I mean, 
would it be good for the sport? Would it draw viewers to all the podcasts out there? Yeah, probably. So I guess we should root for Texas. So, but I don't think it's realistic for them to beat Bama. And expectations need to be tempered in Austin a bit. They're not ready for Bama yet. Trust me. Uh, I saw this spread the other day. Hawaii or Michigan minus fifty one against Hawaii. That is massive. And I don't think I've ever seen the spread between two FBS teams that large. So Michigan minus 51. I mean, Hawaii, they're going to have trouble scoring points against Michigan. They're going to have trouble stopping Michigan. Obviously, J.J. McCarthy is going to start this game. So that's an intriguing – that's a reason to watch it. So in terms of that quarterback battle, so 51 points is that spread. So that's pretty dang big. Uh Nightcap 10-15, Baylor, BYU. That's a big game. Uh, BYU is favored by three, so on a neutral field, this would be pretty much an even game. And I think, I mean, we'll see it on the field pretty much as an even game. So I think Baylor overall is the better team, especially at the lines of scrimmage. But BYU is also very talented. So, I mean, that's a key game I'm watching for. So any other thoughts from you, Week 2 college football? Um. I mean, USC is playing at Stanford first road test for Lincoln Riley. A lot of good games. On I this think play. everything I want to talk about is regarding the blitz picks. So, all right, let's get into it then. All right, blitz picks. Here are the rules. I mean, obviously, if you tune in last couple weeks, you know them. I'm not going to read them. Pause them. Read them if you want. Uh, yeah. So weekly champions. I won week zero. Sidelines Utah State won last week. We picked five college games last week. So congrats to him. Uh, these were the week one standings. He had 10 points. I had nine right behind him. Uh, Will, who's not with us today, he had seven. Tommy, he had five. Hey, someone's got to bring up the rear. Been bringing up the rear past two weeks. So we're at the third this time's is my a charm. Week. Third time's a charm for you. So, yeah, those are the standings from week one. Season standings, I'm up three points. On Will. I got 16. Will's got 13. Utah sidelines, Utah State says 13. Solo Dunham, 13. Seal Beam, SFU, 12. College Capper, 7, 10. College football home, nine points. Stress Gamer Dad, seven points. Tom, you have seven. And Sidelines Maryland has six. I'm showing Sidelines Maryland who's boss. I also want to point out Sidelines Maryland's only picked one week of games. Still so, winning. Still winning. I'll give you credit there. So that's the season standings. Uh, week two, here are the games. Three college games, three NFL games. We'll start with college. Alabama, Texas. Alabama's favored by 20 and a half. Who are you going with? All right, this was the game I wanted to talk about, but... Alabama, prove I said this about Tennessee. Prove you can do it against a good team. Show us how good you are. Show that you're number one. Texas, I guess this really is just for Quinn Ewers, but again, prove you can do it against a good team. Show you can be a solid college quarterback against the best defense in the land potentially. So I'm gonna go with. I I still think Alabama covers though, but I don't think it'll be super lopsided if that makes sense. Like I think Texas will go out and make plays. Like I don't think they're gonna get. I don't think what happened to Georgia or what happened to Oregon will happen to Texas. You know what I mean? But I still think Bama covers. I agree with you. I'll take the tide and the 20 and a half. I like them to cover. I think Texas hangs around for maybe a half. I mean, they're down 10. That's at halftime. That's still an accomplishment in my opinion, in my opinion. So Texas will be able to score a bit. How much? That's the question. Like I said, if Texas is going to win this game, they need to put up a minimum of 35 points, I think. Well, give me Bama. Give me them to cover. Will, not with us today, but gave he gave uh, his picks to me. He's got Bama. He's got Bama against the spread. So right. clean sweep for Bama here. 
Tennessee Pitt. All right, I'm taking Tennessee to cover. Uh, again, I know I already mentioned it. Tennessee, prove you can do it against a good team. Okay, Tennessee's fair by six and a half here. I mean, that's a big spread on the road, laying it against the reigning ACC champs. So I'm going to go Pitt to cover. I think they keep it close. The defense is good enough there. I'll go Tennessee outright. I think they have the better offense. To me, the key here is the red zone. Who can score in the red zone? Who can get touchdowns instead of field goals? So I think both teams will be exposed on defense here. So high-scoring game. Who's going to put the ball in the end zone enough? I think Tennessee wins. Pitt covers. Next game, our final college game, Kentucky travels to the Swamp to take on Florida. Florida's favored by five and a half. Who are you going with? I think Florida wins but does not cover. If this were in Kentucky, I would be taking Kentucky. But after seeing the Swamp last week, I'm taking Florida. Okay, I forgot to mention Will's pick for the Tennessee pick game. He's got Tennessee straight up and minus six and a half against the spread. So uh, my pick for this, I'll take Florida, and I'll take Florida against the spread. Uh, Kentucky struggled first half against Miami of Ohio this past week. Uh, I mean, they don't they didn't give me a whole lot of reason to pick them even against the spread this week. Run game needs to get going for them especially. Will Levis, we're going to see what he can do. I mean, first hostile environment this year. Manny say he's a first-round draft pick. We'll see what he can do. I'll take Florida straight up, Florida against the spread. Will's got Florida straight up, but Kentucky against the spread at plus five and a half. So that's the college games for the week. Our three NFL games, let's get into it. First one, Chiefs at the Cardinals. The Chiefs are favored by six and a half. Who are you going with? Um, I believe D-Hop is not playing week one. I'm going to take the Chiefs to win and cover. Okay, I'll go with the Cardinals to cover. Chiefs to win outright. Six and a half, a pretty fairly large spread uh, for an NFL game. I'll take Kyler Murray and the Cardinals to cover that, especially at home. I think it's a one-possession game throughout. Uh, Will's got the Chiefs, though, straight up and against the spread. So you're going Chiefs straight up against the spread. Will's got same thing. I'm going Chiefs straight up, but Cardinals to cover. All right. Raiders, Chargers, Chargers favored by three and a half points. Who are you going with? I'm going to say the Chargers win but don't cover. They probably are up big the whole game, but as the Chargers do, they tend to blow their diaper towards the end. I think they still win, but the Raiders make it close. I think the Chargers are the most underrated team in the NFL. I think they have a good chance at winning the Super Bowl. I'll take the Chargers. I'll take them against the spread minus three and a half at home. Even though, I mean, the LA crowds never really know. There might be more Raiders fans there, but I'll take charge the Chargers against the spread and straight up. Will's picks, he's got the he's got Chargers straight up and the Raiders plus three and a half. All right, our final game of the week: the Buccaneers at the Cowboys. The this is Sunday night football. Bucks are favored by two and a half points. Who are you going with? I almost want to take the Cowboys, but I got to go with the safe bet, go with the Bucks. I know there's a lot of times Tom Brady looks shaky week one, but I'm going to take the Bucks, and I'll take them to cover. I'll take the Bucks, and I'll take the Bucks to cover Tom Brady. I mean, that's pretty much it. I'm not super sold in the Cowboys yet to be an elite team, so I'll take the Bucks minus the two and a half, and obviously straight up. Uh, Will's got the Bucks straight up. Will's got the Bucks minus two and a half against the spread. So, 
those are the picks, the blitz picks for the week. I haven't put out a poll yet. I, I keep forgetting to do that about what we're going to name it. So still taking suggestions, blitz picks, all out picks, still taking suggestions. DM me, comment, whatever. Get in contact with me if you have a better name for our picks segment. So, yeah, I'll be sending out a tweet with these spreads, these exact same games, these exact same spreads. You guys comment on that tweet tomorrow morning with your picks for these games. And obviously, we'll keep track of standings. Three points if you get straight up and against the spread right. One point if you get one of the picks right. Zero points if you get none. So that's it for the Blitz picks for the week. Uh, season standings. I'm up three. We already went over this, but time you got some work to do. Hey, doors open. A lot of There's football left. A lot, a lot of football left. And once we get, I mean, if you're not good at college and just good at NFL, we still got a lot of NFL left. Yeah, because there's more regular season weeks in the NFL plus the entire entire playoffs. So we're doing this thing until February, until the Super Bowl. So a lot of football left, a lot of points to be scored. So final comments, either from last week's games, this upcoming week's games. Are you ready for football? I'm so ready. Yeah, I mean, gonna be another exciting week of college. Another exciting opening week of the NFL. I mean, I'm really excited for Bills-Rams tomorrow night. That's a huge game in the regular season there. Obviously, I'm excited for Saturday's college slate. So, yeah, we'll see you next week. A lot to recap. Uh, I mean, maybe a Bama drubbing or maybe, I don't know, Texas keeps it close. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. We'll talk about it no matter what. Uh, And we'll see you then. Go Green.